0: Hey everybody, welcome to Stock Bytes for Tuesday, September 8th. Before we get to our interview with David Nasser on options, I'd like to introduce something I've been working very hard on over the last couple of months richbuy36.com and the Beastly newsletter. I've partnered with a market technician to create a stock newsletter for investors. And that's an important distinction to make. This isn't for day traders, gamblers, option traders, etc. The goal of Rich by 36 and the Beastly newsletter is to help long-term investors trade smarter, to manage risk and to know when to buy and more importantly when to sell stocks. And it's incredibly timely right now as it looks like we're going to have our third consecutive red day in the market. You know, I keep reading posts on Twitter and Reddit about managing risk and knowing when to either take profit from a position or when to sell a position at a loss. Well, that's what the Beastly does. We combine fundamental analysis with technical analysis to show you what to buy, where to set your stop loss and limit orders to bracket your return. If the stock appreciates to, your, to our target, then the limit order will trigger and you'll lock in your gains. If the stock goes the other way and loses value, your stop loss will hit and you get out of the trade before more damage is done. The goal is to trade smarter and bring real risk management to our subscribers. And right now you can sign up for the Beastly at richby36.com. You can try it out for free for 2 weeks, see if you like it. And uh and if you do, when you do, it's just $30 a month after that. There's no obligation, you can cancel at any time and you can start trading like a like a market professional today. So uh, let's get to the interview here. Amazingly enough, this is the first time that I've had issues recording an interview. My computer ran out of memory uh, to save the files toward the end of the interview, so we don't get the traditional ending where we both get to you know say goodbye to each other and sing kumbaya. It does end rather abruptly. However, we, we get to a lot of great content before that happens. David and I discuss uh, some more advanced option strategies than we did in our first interview, uh, including call debit spreads and iron condors as well as the effect uh, of the drop in value of the U.S. dollar on earnings reports and uh, implied volatility crush. So just a primer here. A call debit spread is an option strategy that involves simultaneously buying and selling calls on the same stock with the same expiration date at different strike prices. The goal is to reduce the cost of your exposure to the underlying stock. So let's assume that you buy a call with a strike price of 50 when the underlying stock is trading at $45 a share. The call option you purchase may cost, let's say, $2.50. And remember, a call option is for 100 shares of the underlying. So the total amount that you spend on the long call is 250 bucks. To limit the amount of money you shell out for that call, you can simultaneously sell a call option. With a higher strike price, say fifty-five dollars, and receive, let's say, two dollars in premium or two hundred dollars total. So you still have exposure to appreciation in the underlying stock, and you've reduced the amount of money it costs to gain that exposure from two hundred and fifty dollars to fifty dollars. The downside of the strategy is that your you know your gain potential is capped. Anything if the stock goes above that fifty-five dollars strike price that you sold, you lose out on that. But you, know, you, still, you still have access to $10 of upside appreciation, and you've reduced the amount of money that it costs to get you uh, that access to those gains. Uh, the other strategy that we discussed is called an iron condor. This involves four options, and it's constructed by selling one call spread and one put spread on the same underlying stock. All four options are typically out of the money, and the strategy is a market neutral trade. You want the price of the underlying to stay between your call input spreads. And you create a, you know, iron condor. Boom. David does a great job of explaining this in greater detail in the interview. So, uh, with this lengthy introduction out of the way. Follow us on Twitter at Stock underscore bites. Email us at StockBytesPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. And go check out richby36.com. So richby and then the numbers three and six.com. Richby36.com and subscribe to the BC newsletter. Get your first six trades for free. All right. Let's get it. We are live. Welcome back to the show, David Nasser. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's good to see you and your smiling face. We thanks, got you on today <laughs> and uh, you'd reached out to me. Uh, you know, we've been keeping in touch about these earnings reports and, and playing options and basically just riding the volatility up to yes. earnings. Yes. Actually had some decent success doing that, you know, playing yeah. dollar general. Um, and. Yeah. Anyway, so we were texting about that and you said that you'd found a couple other strategies that you you wanted to to talk about. So what do you have in mind?
1: So basically, um, it's kind of a variation on buying a call like we were talking about. Um, And it works well um, in this scenario. Like let's say you can't necessarily afford a Tesla call. They're like thousands of dollars per contract, right? So one way to kind of get a a way in to those um, stocks is if you do something called a call debit spread. And I think some people call them vertical spreads, but I've always just called them debit spreads. Basically, what you do is you buy a out of the money call or, you know, something like that for, I don't know what the Teslas, how much they cost right off the top of my head, but let's say it's like a $1,000 for a call. I don't have $1,000, but I want to play Tesla. So what I'll do is I'll buy that $1,000 call and then I'll go a strike or two higher. And then I'll sell a call and collect a premium, which offsets my total cost. So now this contract may only cost $200 instead of a thousand. Does that make sense? (laughs)
0: It it does, but so you're saying you, you first have to buy a call out of the money call on Tesla, for example, and those are like yeah. 25.
1: They're expensive. They're the ex- premium. Like, yeah. What is it?
0: 2,500 or 25,000? I, I don't know if the top. I think it's, it's 2,500
1: ish. I think,
0: Yeah. you know, but okay, you know, so. if
1: you buy, that's for buying calls that expire in a couple of days, if you buy a call, right. like, you know, a month out, it's going to be even more.
0: So. Right. So you got to have that money in your account, right? And then you go and, you're, and you said sell a, an option that's further out of the money to collect premium, to re- yes. which reduces your entry costs. But do, does Robin if you're going to sell a call, doesn't Robinhood make you own the underlying shares?
1: No, um, it depends on what level options trading you have. I'm not, I, I forget what level, I don't know, I got the app like a while ago, but I think you might have to be like level two or level three or something. And you can unlock uh, spreads. There, um, Robinhood recognizes this um, this strategy, and when you do it, it'll actually have the name a debit spread on the top when you're, you know, in your options chain.
0: Okay. And, and are you placing both both orders simultaneously? Yes, you are. You are. And what is your so you're obviously you can profit up to the strike price of the call that you sell.
1: Yes. Um, it's the, your max profit is the difference between, um, the strikes. So if you, because I guess, I guess the best case scenario is if the price of Tesla in this example, just reaches the call that you sold. Because then what would happen um, in that case, you could close out the spread or the call you sold, the guy will um, want his shares. And then you would exercise your call. And then you would give those shares to him, but you would profit the difference. So that's kind of how you get your profit from this. The only downside is, um, let's say in this case, Tesla just, Zooms and rallies even higher than anyone that could have ever thought. You cap your gains. Right. So, but I I think I would be okay with taking, you know, limited gains, um, you know, for paying all that premium just to get a call. It's a loan when I really don't have, in most cases, I really don't have to pay that much money. like how, like how often does a stock go like 10% past your strike? Like not very often. It might just be barely in the money or something like that. In which case debit spreads would be the way to go. And then you could even buy, if you have a thousand dollars to spend, you could buy like five spreads or something for the price of one contract.
0: All right. Uh, you're, uh, I'm confused now. So like if I go into, <laughs> when you go into Robinhood or when you go into Fidelity or whatever your brokerage is and you go yeah. look, I'm just looking at Tesla and I'm looking at their option chain. Yeah. Uh, they offer, you know, y- you can sort strategies, you know, I can click on iron condors and it'll automatically create, you know, here's the four options and here's your bid and, and ask price. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be doing, how,
1: so you're asking like, how do I set this
0: up in Robinhood? Is, a, is this a butterfly calendar? I mean, there's no option for a, a spread.
1: It's. Are you sure it's not like a, called a vertical spread or something like that?
0: Vertical, there we go. Okay. Yeah,
1: sorry. Yeah, they all have different, you know, synonyms. <laughs> so yeah, so then you can choose your strike to buy uh-huh. a call and then sell above it. And you can, if you want more profit, then you can simply increase the distance between your two legs of your spread. But then yeah. you're, um, you know, it'll cost you more if you, if you do that,
0: the spread. Right. Cause you get less money yes. for selling it further out of the money call. Yes. So is, is this, you know, what, what are you expecting from the stock? If you're going to initiate a position like this, are you expecting it to be flat or are you expecting a bunch of volatility? So kind of,
1: what I am a, what I, what I would personally use this for is um like, let's say, you know, Kroger's having their earnings on the 11th of this month, I think, or it could be the 12th. Um, you know, those calls are, you know, they're not, they're not crazy expensive, but they're also not cheap, the premium. So instead of spending all that money on one call, I'd spend it, I would get like a couple spreads or something. And what I've seen from Kroger from their past earnings, like their kind of history, is they never, they never have like an insane breakout after earnings. What'll happen is like the stock might barely reach its 52 week high or something like that. So in my mind, why am I paying like $120 for a single call? That money's kind of wasted if Kroger doesn't explode. So instead I'll buy debit spreads for cheaper and just buy multiple spreads. And then I can increase the overall amount of money I make. Cause I, what I'm, what I'm thinking is going to happen is Kroger is just barely going to, um, increase enough in price to where it goes past my long leg or my, you know, the call that I'm selling, but it's not going to rocket to the moon. Right. That's when I would use a debit spread like this, a call debit spread.
0: And then what happens on a day like today where, you know, everything's down between five and 10%. Um, you, so you're I would losing, yeah, you're, you're it, losing money. The call option that you're long. The call option that you bought loses value. Yes. But, then but the, the call option that you sold, nothing really changes because you've already got the premium. Exactly. Less likelihood that, that that gets exercised away from you.
1: Well, when you, when you enter a trade like this, you pay an overall debit debit when you buy it so and that's your max loss so if i'm paying twenty dollars per spread my max loss per spread is only twenty dollars no matter if the stock just tanks you know um compare that to a standalone call for a hundred dollars you'll lose a hundred dollars
0: right yeah
1: so these okay. are kind of safer i guess
0: so what and then you, this is not option level one on on don't. i don't, I don't think saying?
1: spreads are they are not okay.
0: Yeah. So how do you how do you get up to option level two and, and level three? Is that an account balance thing, or you just have to to f- wiggle around the, Actually, the application? I'm
1: not, I'm not sure. They like you know when you have Robinhood uh, when you first set it up, they ask you those questions like, how comfortable do you feel with options? Yeah. And I don't want to say I lied, but uh, I knew I wanted to eventually. Do more complicated strategies like this, so I kind of just said I knew more than I probably did, and so I unlocked the, the levels. But I, I don't know how to get them if you didn't do it initially. Those levels. Okay.
0: <laughs> so sorry, <laughs> can't help. You, did you see Robinhood is under SEC investigation? Oh, uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't I surprise there was, me. Um, I don't remember what exactly what day it was, but there's a big thing that happened in the market a couple of ago. I think it was a ago. Tuesday. It was, it I was think, the coronavirus I, crash. Yeah, I right? remember that. I remember that. And they uh, the app just shut down <laughs> and people couldn't sell their positions.
1: <laughs> it's terrible, I know. Like, but I, I can't help but laugh because like the app is it, it happened recently again, not as badly. I think it happened think, on it... This was week, starting in the beginning
0: week. of the, I think Monday with the stock splits in Tesla and, and Apple. Yeah, like high
1: volume. So I, I wonder if if it's really high volume or they're just yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> How does that work? So if Robinhood, this is totally off topic, but Robinhood comes out, uh, you know, and they're planning to have a million users a month, and then yeah. you know two years later they're at a hundred million users a month how how does that, and these are, I don't know these numbers to be precise. Yeah, Obviously, you know, there's scaling, scalability challenges. How, how does a company like that, how do you keep it all online, but at the same time, uh, make it so that the, you know, when you're adding the hundred millionth user, it doesn't crash your servers. Like, are, are, you know, are they having to go out and just buy new server space every month to to add new users and you know how that works
1: i am, i'm not entirely sure but i think yeah the solution to that is to uh rent more servers or i guess buy them yeah. so rent or buy. if they weren't anticipating like this many people hopping on then yeah they need to scale up and buy those servers
0: getting back else, here to- yeah just to, to close out the conversation on the vertical spreads mm-hmm. we talked w- when we spoke last time, we talked a lot about implied volatility. And is, is that something that you look at when you're selecting the call options to buy and sell on a vertical spread?
1: Uh, yes. Cause I, I this is a slightly different strategy than just buying a call that alone. I still want, I still want the stock price to go up. Um, so, uh, yeah, it does. It does tie into the volatility. Um, I'm hoping I'm going to be doing these spreads around earnings the same way that I do them with calls, standalone calls. It's like exa- It's not exactly the same, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still banking on that volatility, increasing the underlying stock price and affecting my option price on these debit mm-hmm. spreads. And then you can close these spreads when you have profit. You just buy back that call that you sold or something. No, 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 I'm yeah, sorry. I, you you wanted to uh, yeah, if you want to close it early or you can just let it expire. Right. Yeah.
0: And uh the other the other uh, the other strategy that you brought to me was an iron condor, which has yeah. one of the coolest names. Uh, I think yeah. of any strategy out there. Um do you want to do you want to yeah. take a shot oh. at explaining what that is or yeah yeah so
1: this is this is completely different from the calls and call debit spreads it's a it's actually like a neutral strategy um so you want the stock to bounce around in between a predetermined range that you set your uh, that you set for yourself um, so this strategy has four legs and I think the simplest way to kind of view it is, it's a call credit spread, and then a put credit spread combined.
0: That's very simple. Yes.
1: Very simple. Okay. Uh, so like, you know, the call credit spread this time you're selling a call and then you buy a call at a a further strike. So that's a, credit, that's a credit spread. It's the opposite of a debit spread. So then you're getting credit.
0: Right. And you hope that yeah, they money, don't... Money coming in.
1: Yes. And you hope that they don't exercise it or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and then you also combine that with a put credit spread, which is just the opposite of a call credit spread. So now what you've created is an iron condor with um, these two spreads. And basically what you want to happen is you want the price of the stock to stay between your short call and your short put. The call that you sell and the put that you sell. As long as the stock price stays in between that range, you'll have your max profit. And your max profit is the premium you collected from selling those uh, options. So that's how it works. That's And a lot of people are using this um their profit comes from Theta decay. So yes, Theta decay, the Mm -hmm. time decay on these options. So basically what'll happen, they'll open this spread, you know, a couple, however, I don't know the expiration dates, we can do two weeks or something. I'm waiting, the stock's bouncing in between my um, short legs and Theta decay decreases the value of those um, options. And then I just buy them back and I close out the spread. And then okay, I lock so, in my profit. Yeah.
0: Let me try to summarize here. You're looking for a stock that, or you're, look, you're looking for a stock that you think will be flat, relatively flat over the, the you know, some predetermined amount of time, two weeks, a month, two months, whatever it is. Exactly. Let's just take at and for example, which has been right around 30 bucks a share since forever. I would go out and I would, I would sell, Yes. A call and a put. Yes. You know, I would sell the call at 31, and I would sell a put at 29. So I lock in my...
1: Here, let me, let me write these down. <laughs> so you're selling a call at 31.
0: I sell a, a call a little bit over the, the, the price of the stock, and I sell a put a little bit below the price of the stock, which locks okay. in my quarter. Yes. Because right? if, if, if 18T goes to 31, the call is going to get exercised, and I'm now liable to... To fulfill that contract, uh, yes, right, yes,
1: you are. That's if you're just selling them,
0: right. Yes. and then, yeah. and so that, that, that leaves a lot of uh, potential loss on the table because if, if, you know, if Tesla comes out and says that they're buying AT and T at fifty bucks a share, and AT and T skyrockets, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the loss on my short call, yes, gets pretty big, pretty quick. Yes, so it does. As a, as a way to protect, you know, so but anyway, I, I think that the stock is gonna be uh relatively flat. I'm gonna sell a call and a put around the strike price. I'm gonna yes. collect the premium. Yes. And then I'm gonna go buy calls on just a little bit outside of the, the call and the put that I sold, right? So I would
1: Yes, as protection
0: uh, eighteen at and is trading at 30, I'm going to sell a call at 31, and I'm going to buy a call at 32, which limits the loss yes. that I have if it does rocket, and then vice versa for the put. So I would sell the put at 29, and I would buy the put at 27.
1: That's correct. And those are called right.
0: your wings. Those are my wings. And because the, the, the call and put that I sell are closer to being in the money, mm-hmm. the premium that I receive is greater than the the premium than the cost of buying further out of the money calls and puts.
1: So then you would have a net uh, credit that you earn from this.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: That's your money. That's how you make money on the iron condor. And, um, so the great thing about an iron condor condor is, um, Let's say AT and T goes to uh, thirty four dollars. So your call wing is destroyed. Your call wing was broken. However, you know, or it could go the opposite. You know, it could go down a bunch too. But the thing is, it can only go one direction at once.
0: Right.
1: So, um, your max loss is actually less than the. Um, how should I explain this? So, like, if you just do a call wing or a call credit spread or a put debit or a put credit spread, you have like max losses. And just because you're opening two of these doesn't mean your max loss is doubled because if at t goes to 34, your call wing is destroyed, but your put wing is still okay. So you'll keep all the credit that you gained from that, which yep. will help offset some of your losses. You'll still lose, but you won't, it won't be double your losses. Meanwhile, you've increased your max profit using an iron condor. Your chances of max profit, your total max profit
0: increase my max profit compared to what?
1: Compared to just doing a call credit spread.
0: Okay. Because you're this collecting free than what premium. We talked about. And we were we were talking about the beginning called debit spreads. Debit spread, yes. Completely different. And debit is an outflow from my wallet into the market when I initiate yes. my positions. And a yes. credit is inflow.
1: That is correct. Okay. Yeah, debit spread is Uh, bullish a call debit spread is bullish and a call credit spread is um bearish
0: yeah yeah so why why do you want to talk about specifically this strategy because um you know this this strategy benefits from a lack of volatility in the market yes and if there's been anything in in 2020. It's been volatility in the market, and we're seeing today. What's today? Thursday. The S and P's down. Oh God! Yeah. Nasdaq's down over four and a half percent, something like that. Yeah. Apple, um, Tesla. You know, there's there's things that are down 10 percent in a day.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. It's, it's, it's really not, techs having it's a not, bad day.
0: Yeah, this is <laughs> not an unvolatile
1: market. Uh, so you can you can use iron condors. In high IV environments, you can you can use them, and it's kind of it gets a little more complicated. But I'm going to try and explain it the best I can. So, an Iron Condor it has components. It has something called its body, which is the area between your short strikes, this call that you sold, and the uh, put that you sold. So the yeah. The body of the example we did for AT&T is um, two strikes wide. It's 29 to 31. That's your body. Your wings are your the distance between the short strikes and the long strikes that you bought. Um, and you can, you can make those longer if you want to. And this is how you use an iron condor to benefit from IV crush because mm-hmm. here's what happens with IV crush I love IV crush because it's, it's I don't know somewhat predictable I think <laughs> for earnings um, so what you want to do is you want to lengthen your wings you want to have fat wings because um, what happens with IV crush is that you know the premiums on the options that you're buying and selling are inflated and we're expecting them to sharply, decrease after a flat earnings or an unexcited earnings or a priced in earnings. Um, So the Ivy crush will reduce the value of all our legs. So why do we want that to happen? Well, Ivy crush will hit our short uh, legs harder than our long legs because the short legs are closer to the money. Okay. So what happens is, um, Let's say I have a short call on my call wing that I bought for $100 and then IV crush happens. Now that call that I um, sold is only worth $50, but I got $100 credit for selling that call. So then I have plus 50 right there. Um, And then we have to look at our long call that we bought. Well, since it's less affected because it's further out of the money, or further from the money, that only went from let's say I bought it for eighty, it only decreased in value to sixty, so that's negative twenty. Mm-hmm. The difference between that is thirty dollars, profit. And then the same thing happens on my put wing.
0: For your put wing, would the the Avi Crush? affect the out of the, the further the wing put more than the the body put
1: yes the because is it work the, in
0: reverse to the
1: call no because the body the body put is it, it, it won't affect the body because they're both if, if you make a symmetrical condor because they're equal distances because because you're it's it's because you're selling them that's why it it um I guess, I guess you could profit from that um, too, but that's not an iron condor anymore. I guess because your profits coming from the the unequal um, IV crush effect on options closer to the money than options further from the money.
0: So there's two pieces there. The IV crush is bad for long calls. It's bad for
1: all the options,
0: but what you're saying is it's good for short calls.
1: It's it's less it's less bad. Less, less bad. bad. Okay, and, and so it's pocket. also bad
0: for puts. It's bad for long yes. ends, and it's less bad for short puts.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Got it happens. It. Yes, that's exactly um, that's where you get the money from this situation. So you can use iron condors to profit from IV crush.
0: Hang on one second, buddy. Well, I'll tell you, man, this is all very confusing to me. I'm sorry. It's hard. I
1: wish I could like write it on the screen.
0: You know, I'm just looking at, I know, right? Like having a whiteboard. If we can, uh, when I, when I, when this takes off and I get my Joe Rogan studio, we'll (laughs) we'll definitely have a whiteboard in there, but you know, where did my, uh, I lost my fidelity page, but you know, there's, Covered calls, married puts, credit spread, debit spread, straddle, strangles, iron condors, butterfly spreads. There's so many different. There's an iron iron fly. <laughs> iron fly. I haven't even heard of that.
1: Uh, yeah, there's it's uh, so many
0: different strategies here.
1: But I, I um,
0: have you tried an iron condor yet?
1: Uh, I'm going to after Kroger's earnings.
0: So you're gonna wait. Why, why not do it now? Well, because right you, now, what you're saying is Kroger doesn't necessarily pop after earnings.
1: It's not close enough to the earnings yet. I'm going to do it the day of earnings because that's when premiums or that's when IV is possibly going to be the highest, and these premiums are going to be inflated. And then I'll make a condor with really fat wings because then my short strikes and my long strikes you know, the options that I bought versus the options that I sold, the distance between those two strikes will be big in this case.
0: Yeah. Because the further
1: they are apart, the less, you know, the more the options that I bought or the options that I sold are affected versus the ones I bought.
0: Yeah. And the more, the, the, the less more. money you have to spend to actually buy the, the wings. Because well,
1: uh, right,
0: they're further yeah, well, out yes, than that Yes, that right? too.
1: That too. That too. Um, but yes, the uh, the rule for if you're gonna do this is the fatter your wings are, the more IV crush will help you profit.
0: Okay, so would you set your expiration just for one day or a week or how I'd probably, long would you?
1: I'd probably do like a week or two or something.
0: Okay, or uh,
1: you know, um,
0: are you gonna do then, Kroger? You know,
1: Yeah, I'm going to do debit spreads on Kroger. Um, They had um, like a rally yesterday before I entered debit spreads. Um, And today I was just waiting for it to go down. I I might enter credit spreads around like $35 on Kroger.
0: Credit spread. Or
1: debit spread. I said debit spread. Okay. Right? Yeah, debit spread. Yeah,
0: September 10th.
1: Um, yeah, they hit right, their 52-week high yesterday, Kroger, at $37.22. And I don't know why. And then it did come back down today a little bit, but I want to wait a little more before I enter these debit spreads because it'll cost me less.
0: Yeah, Kroger's just been plugging along, man, all year. Open the year at 28. It's not. You're right, it's not going to move... Um, it's not going to move in a big direction, you'd think either way, like you know s and p's down three and a half percent today. Kroger's only down one one point three and so you have less volatility than the market, and you're going to be able to profit from theoretically hopefully from an iron condor, which once- well
1: if we're too close to earnings for an iron condor okay. because then it could, it could blast through one of my wings. So that's why I'm doing debit spreads before earnings to ride IV up and then do an IV or I do a iron condor to catch the IV going down a crush. So I'm going to play two sides of this.
0: Debit spread. Try Buying to. an option with a higher premium and simultaneously selling an option with a lower premium. So you're selling the the further out of the money option. Yes. To reduce the cost. Is this what we talked about on Tesla at the very beginning?
1: I think so. Yeah, we did. Yeah, It's like a discount ticket to buying a call with a little, you know, you have to give up some of your gains, but at least you can, at least you can uh, enter the trade, you know?
0: How many trades do you think that you, you put on in a week or in a month?
1: Oh boy. Uh, My account is like under $25,000. So I'm like limited by the, uh, pattern day trading stuff. Yeah. So I think it's like I get how many you get like five trades a week or five trades every four days or something.
0: I think if you hit five day trades, you get locked out or you know, you can't do any more for the next 72 hours or the next week or something like that.
1: Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't make many trades. Uh, my account took a hit last Kroger earnings. I did not I uh, I went against my own advice and tried to ride earnings with a call. I didn't sell it before the yeah. earnings and they beat earnings, but then, you know, the stock went down. So I'm just like, well, I just lost that money and they expired worthless. So I've been waiting to try again uh, on Kroger's next earnings, which is coming up. So I haven't been making many trades, but I've been okay, so researching. You'll,
0: you'll, you'll pick a couple a couple of stocks, find their earning dates. And then you really yeah. only trade around those dates, which would be four times a year.
1: Yeah. But for multiple right. companies and stuff, I just, yeah, I haven't, um, really, I'm pretty confident about Kroger, uh, this working.
0: Now these, these, these option strategies, the straddles, the strangles, the condors, the spreads, you know, they're, you have to have a higher level of Robinhood, you know, of options access to do them. Yes. Would you say that they are, you know, you have an increased probability of making money in these, if you know what you're doing, than than just buying calls and, and puts? Oh, you know, um, it, yeah, I think, I think you more complicated because they, they involve more moving pieces, but if you can understand them, if you can get to... Uh, the place where you're comfortable with them, you're saying that it's, it's easier to make money.
1: And it's, it's, um these. it can be, uh, yeah, it can be easier to make money because like, if you buy an option, you're paying premium for that option to somebody else. So if I buy a call, I'm already spending like $200 or something on one contract. Like even, even if the uh, stock goes up, by like 5% or something, it might not even be enough to break even on the premium I spent for the contract. Um, I would need the stock to go up like 10% or something just to break even as an example. But with a debit spread, because I spent less money overall entering the trade, I only need the underlying stock to go up by 5% to be right. break even. So yes, it's it's easier to make money, but you, everything is... A trade-off, you'll make less money if the stock does explode.
0: Yeah. And so, right. Yeah. So, so it is easier. You're limiting, it is easier. You're, you have a lower barrier to profit, a lower fence to get over in order to make profit, but you're also eliminating the chance that the thing that you just bought is a lottery ticket. Did you hear me? You froze there.
1: Yes, basically.
0: All right. Can, yep, you're frozen. Okay? Can, okay, yeah, yeah, can you hear me?
1: But yeah, you... Um, yeah, I can hear you.
0: Yeah, you're breaking up. Hang on.
1: Where were we? We were saying the... We're. Yeah, it, you, you do have a chance, a higher chance of profit with a call debit spread than you would just a normal call. Um, you know, if the stock goes the way you want it to, you'll make your profit, um, more easily, but then, yeah, you won't have like unlimited profits.
0: What other, you know, what else should we know about these types of strategies or, you know, is there anything that we missed?
1: Um, I guess, you know, there's some downsides to iron condors and stuff um, that I didn't talk about. Um, Sometimes it's hard to get like a fill because you're simultaneously filling four contracts. Um, So if you, if like Robinhood doesn't have commissions, but if you're using a, another trading service or something and the bid and ask prices are wide, and you, you have to go, in order to get a fill, you have to go into your profits more. And then on top of commissions, that could kind of really decrease the amount of credit that you're getting from entering each trade. But with Robinhood, talk, you don't have to worry about that.
0: Talk to me about bid and ask price. What does that so mean?
1: Bid and ask price for an option is, you know, people are like, the bid price is how much people are willing to pay for it. And the ask price is how much the person is willing to sell it for. So sometimes Market you have maker. yes. So sometimes you have a a really wide bid and ask. Like they can be like fifteen dollar difference. Or sometimes the bid and ask price are only five dollars apart.
0: And that's because that's based on the underlying liquidity, or the liquidity of the underlying stock, right? Yes you know, for a a company like Apple, that's huge and has tons of shares outstanding. It's going to be very easy for the market maker, the person who's taking the other side of the position to, to go out and buy the underlying shares to get to Delta neutral. Yes. That's, I just introduced a whole other can of worms there. So yeah, (laughs) um, options, call options have a Delta of one or is it negative Uh, one?
1: Um, I I think it's one for calls and it's negative one for puts.
0: Okay. And, and the underlying that a stock has a Delta of zero. Uh, Am I saying that?
1: (laughs) I actually can't remember. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how it works on Robin and how they calculate the bid and ask spread. Um, I just know that definitely takes into, you should take that into account how wide the spread is when you're entering uh, trades like this with multiple legs. So it can affect whether you get a fill or not.
0: Okay. Yeah. Keep going, keep going with that. I'm going to, I will come back to this Delta neutral thing in a minute.
1: So like if I'll just pull up Robinhood on my phone so we can go to Kroger. Let's say it's their earnings option chain. I'll just do an iron condor for September eighteenth. That's a couple of days after their earnings. So to set up this um, iron condor, the the share price is thirty six dollars eleven cents. Um, so let's say I'm going to open my call wing first. So I'll sell a thirty six point five call, and then I'll buy a thirty seven dollar call, and then I'll switch my. Uh, buttons to buy a put or to sell a put, excuse me on the other side. And I'll sell a, this is an extremely narrow condor, by the way, I'll sell a $36 put and then I'll buy a $35.5 put. So now my wings and body have been set up and Robin hood will recognize it. Do you see it on my phone? Yeah. Iron condor. Mm-hmm. So the total, the max gain I get from this iron condor is uh, $48. That's if this expires, if everything expires um, worthless. But in this case, I'm gonna try and do like, try and capture IV crush. Yes, so now I can make my wings a little fatter. So I'll deselect the 35.5 put, And then I'll select a, let's just be crazy about this, (laughs) like a $30 put that I am buying. So now my put wing is six strikes wide. That's a fairly um, fat wing. So now IV crush will absolutely destroy this $36 put that I've sold, but it won't hurt my $30 put that I bought as much, nearly as much. So then I'll pocket the difference there, and the same thing applies for my calling. And, uh, but I guess what the bad thing about this is, uh, if that 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 will increase your um, your max loss doing this.
0: Right. Yeah, your max so gain if, is going to go up, but you got to pay for that.
1: Yeah. So if IV crush does not happen, ye, uh, I could lose little bit more money than usual, and then with a normal iron condor with mm-hmm. normal wings. But I'm pretty confident there will be IV crush, just as there always has for Kroger. So we will. Uh, we'll see. I'll hop back on your show after earnings yeah, and see how it, <laughs> how it went.
0: So this is. I, I don't understand this uh, fully. I don't but, know if
1: I'm the best teacher for iron condors.
0: Oh, you, you've done great, and you know we'll go. I'll go add an intro and and uh, and touch on this piece, this Delta neutral piece. But we're seeing this a lot with Tesla where it kind of, there's just this feedback loop that forces the, the stock higher. And essentially, if I if I go buy a call option, uh, my, I'm long the call, right? Yes, which, you're long. Yep, which has a Delta it. of zero to one. And yes. Delta is the sensitivity of my call option to the underlying stock price. So if, yes. if my Delta is one, it's In moving Tesla's- almost
1: at the same rate right. as the stock.
0: Correct. Now, I bought that from a market maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that person is now short a call option on Delta, which has a, excuse me, they're short a call option on Tesla, right? Yes, because they and sold I it. I believe short calls have a delta of zero to negative one. So they have negative delta. Yes. Right? So if Tesla's stocks go up, if they have a negative one delta, the value of their short position will drop by the same dollar amount as the Tesla increase.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay That is uh, a very risky position. A market maker is just supposed to be right in the middle. They're supposed to be neutral. And mm-hmm. what they will have to do is go out and buy the underlying stock, Tesla, uh, which, so the underlying stock always has a Delta of one, it's going to move the same amount that it moves. Yeah. If that makes any. That's a little confusing, but, uh, they're able to, because they're short the call, they go out and buy Tesla. And if the call is a negative one Delta, the Tesla underlying stock that they buy has a positive one Delta, all of a sudden they're Delta neutral. They don't profit or lose money with any movement in the stock because, uh, they have a delta of zero. But what that does when all these, all these people are buying call options and, you know, becoming millionaires on Tesla over the last two months and, and buying these call options in, in high quantity, the market makers are now having to go out and buy vast, and each each option contract is worth a hundred shares. So if I buy one from you, you got to turn around and go buy a hundred shares of Tesla. And if you, you know, the, the numbers get, pretty crazy pretty quickly yeah more call options that are bought so the call i go buy the call everybody else is buying the call and that in its on its own shouldn't affect the stock price but the market maker who's fielding all these orders is having to go out and purchase tesla in the open market which drives it up to get back to delta neutral which drives it up which means my call option makes money so i sell that and then i do it again and it kind of creates this this I don't know if it's the same thing necessarily as a short squeeze uh, or is
1: it a, uh, like a strangle or something or I don't know. Short squeeze. I think it is a a short squeeze.
0: it, It has a similar effect, uh, on the, the underlying stock price as a short squeeze. A short squeeze is just, there's, there's a bunch of people who are shorting the stock. Uh, and for whatever reason, the stock doesn't go down so they have to close out their positions and in order to do that they have to go enter the opposite side of the trade they have to buy they have to go long tesla to close out the short tesla position which creates kind of this another upward price funnel and i think you've seen both of those things happen in tesla certainly over the last couple of years and i'd imagine that there's other uh other stocks that have had that happen to it but that's um I don't know how that relates to what you were talking about with iron condors and, and debit spreads, but it is something that's, that's pretty interesting.
1: That would be a dangerous environment to trade iron condors in because one of your wings could be easily be broken blown, by, yeah, by a short out, squeeze. Out.
0: So what, if if you find, I wonder if there's a way to figure out what stock has the most call options on it. <laughs> you know, most open in most call option open interest, highest open interest by stock, uh, SPY.
1: Oh, S and P five
0: hundred. Wow, SPY has open put interest thirteen point six million, which means that. Well, this is from August 13th. This is a month old, but if you could figure out, I think that Weeble is actually offering kind of up to date versions of this number. If you could figure out that's an interesting idea for a strategy, if you could figure out which, which of these stocks, uh, has the highest call open call interest, uh, you know intrinsically that the market makers have had to go out and buy the underlying stock, which creates demand. Mm -hmm. And you may be able to ride some sort of upward movement based on these call and put patterns. And it would be the, the, I think it would be the same for a put, right? If I, if I buy a put, I'm long the put, I have a negative one Delta. The wait, so if I buy the put, the market maker is short the put. So I profit when the s&p goes down. I you lose sell. when the SP yeah. goes up. The market yeah. maker profits when the s&p goes up and loses when it goes down. Yes. They're the, the opposite of me. So they're going to have to, and it puts up a negative delta. They'd have to go out and buy.
1: No, not for a put. They would have to give you cash. They would have to go short.
0: They, they go short the underlying.
1: Well, if, if you're put, if you exercise your put, because the market went in your direction, um, no, they would have to buy the shares from you with cash. So they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be like doing, um, they wouldn't be buying shares. They'd be buying, well, they'd be buying your shares, but they wouldn't be buying it on, I guess the, I guess, no, I guess they, they would be buying your shares but you'd get cash in return.
0: Well, uh, I think we've bitten off a little more than we can chew here. Yeah. And this would be a good thing to to dive into the next time we have you on. Um, yeah. The S and P is getting a ton of open interest. Anyway, David, what, uh, what, what did we miss? Let's see here. Uh, have you ever I done think, anything like a uh, covered call, you know, just trying to get, trying to write? No, that's, that's the wrong phrase. Um, just trying to earn income through call oh, options.
1: Yeah, you can, you can, I mean, you can do that with um, covered calls. Like covered calls. Um, actually, I don't own a hundred shares in any company because <laughs> I only do options, but yeah. uh, but, you know, you if I thought did...
0: about going to buy, you know, finding some $10, like Invesco is 10 bucks. Yeah. hundred shares is a thousand dollars. And then you can go out and write call options for $13 strike price or whatever. And you're getting, you know, Invesco has like a six or 8% dividend yield. And if you're, if you start to write covered calls on it, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you're probably making 10 to 11% a year, which is pretty good dividend income.
1: Yeah. Um, there is, there is a strategy, um, doing this and it's called the wheel. Oh, shit. It's much simpler. It's, it's simpler. <laughs> it's simpler than iron condors. It's simpler. So the wheel is basically what you're talking about selling contracts. So we can start with a call. Like I'll, I'll sell covered calls cause I own a hundred shares of this company and I will collect premium um, for selling these calls and hopefully they aren't used and I get to keep all that premium. Um,
0: but eventually and they the, will. And the underlying stock too. And you get, that's, you, get, you, that's, you that's keep the your shares in the this. premium. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what happens when eventually you will have that, that option will be exercised against you and you will have your calls or your shares called away. Um, but then you get, you get a uh, cash for that. The person has to give you cash, but it's a, you know, you'll lose money. But then what you do is you start selling, um, cash covered puts on the stock at a, um, you know, whatever strike until you make up your losses and you keep doing that and keep doing that until eventually, uh, the, your, the puts you've been selling are exercised then you get your shares back for like a little loss. And then you start selling calls again like a wheel just keeps going around and around like that. And, um, yeah, you could, people do this and they make a decent amount of money off of it. It's fairly simple, fairly simple (laughs) compared to the iron condors. uh, Well, it should be a stock that you like that you have faith in. Um, and preferably one that you understand well, uh, Let's see here. I guess you could do this for spy. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. <laughs> uh, that, that would
0: be pretty expensive, though.
1: It would be. It would right? be because it's three hundred
0: something a share. You'd probably want to look for something like Invesco that's down at ten bucks a share, and it's been relatively yeah. range bound.
1: Yeah, or like um,
0: because the goal. I think the goal is to not have to not get your shares called away.
1: Yeah, that's the ultimate goal, but it will happen. It'll happen
0: eventually. Yeah.
1: Eventually. Because in order for you to make any money off of this, you can't be selling calls that are way out of the money because you won't make any premium. You have to sell them. Like, I mean, you can get as close and far away as you want from the underlying price, but if you want to make any money, you're going to have to take a little risk. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then you can, um, and if you're in, you can either sell like options with really short, expiries, expiration dates, or you can go, you could sell them for like a year. Uh, if you're really confident that it won't be exercised. (laughs) Yeah, that's an easy strategy, the wheel. Relatively. Yes. But you'll things you have to work, look out for is you shouldn't do this around earnings calls. Or there's always like event risk, like something happens to your stock and then you, you know, your option gets
0: exercised or, um, That's another piece of this. You want to buy or sell options or do these iron condor spreads. I'm assuming on something that's liquid, which is going to give you tighter bid asks. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and something that's big enough to not. So, so where your position doesn't get blown up by one negative PR release. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you don't want to be doing this on a small cap biotech stock that, you know, it comes out that their lymphoma pill didn't make it out of stage two trials and, you know, the stock's down 20, 30% in debt. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? That would, uh, that'd be bad.
0: <laughs> so You're looking at bigger, you know, the big, bigger, companies at&t verizon those have both been uh, verizon actually has been a little but uh, at&t is interesting but
1: i think i might look at that too um, since you say that you say it's been bouncing around between 29 and 31 dollars for quite a while now
0: yeah there's been a couple of um i think it closed last year right around 40 bucks but for the most of last year it was it stayed in that thirty dollars range. Uh, it had a good cup, a good end of the month, and then after March went right back down to to twenty nine to thirty dollars.
1: Yeah, 29, so you could twenty nine today. Um, so I guess if you if we made an iron condor from our last example, and you just kept doing that, you could collect a lot of uh, premium. You can make a decent amount of money.
0: I mean, it's been.
1: And March you know, Irish was
0: at twenty nine dollars and fifteen cents a share. Today it's at twenty nine dollars and fifty nine cents a share. The high since March is thirty dollars and eighty six cents. So theoretically, our you know, our short call at thirty one and our long call at thirty two, and our short put at twenty nine 29. 29 Yeah, twenty nine. And our yeah, long put that, at twenty eight. That would have hit. We would have been, we would have done phenomenally. We stayed in that range since March.
1: That's a, um,
0: and if we're selling six month dated options, then we're going to collect a pretty penny there. And they're really, they're pretty close to the money.
1: Yeah. And it's a skinny, that's a skinny body. So your max profit will be high.
0: (laughs) Do you take, uh, do you take any sort of macroeconomic factors into consideration when you're looking at stuff like this?
1: So, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I really, I'm not like a finance expert or economics expert. So I kind of, I don't really understand it that well, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of don't. That's why I kind of trade around earnings because I do understand what's happening around earnings time. Um, but I, I guess we're like macro economics.
0: So let me throw a situation at you. Yeah. And you could tell me what would happen, how you would play earnings. And what do you think would happen to implied volatility? I'm, I'm, let's say Coke. Okay. Uh, the dollar, U.S. dollar, is uh, cheaper than it's been since January of 2018, okay, uh, a- against other world currencies. So a company like Coke in 2019 made 70% of their revenue from outside of the country in foreign currencies, They have to bring that money home. They have to convert it to U.S. dollars. And when the dollar is strong, that foreign currency buys less U.S. dollars. When the dollar is weak, like it is right now, uh, your foreign currency buys more U.S. dollars. So for selling the same can of Coke, Coca-Cola, the company, is going to make a different profit, different margin, depending on exchange rates. Yes and with the dollar being at 92 or 93 lower than it's been in over two years a company like coke or a company like intel or a company like apple uh these these big multinational brands that are going to be repatriating a lot of cash and having to go through you know foreign exchange uh conversions their revenue should i think based on what i'm telling you the revenue will look higher in US yes. dollar terms because um, they're able to buy more US dollars with their foreign sales. Mm-hmm. So would that would would well first of all would something like that be baked into earnings estimates? I'm sure it would be.
1: I think it would.
0: I hope it would be. And then maybe
1: but maybe retail investors wouldn't necessarily take that into account.
0: Yeah. I can see that. But what what do you think happens to, how does that affect, does what I just, what I just told you is true. So would that affect how you played Intel or Coke or Apple uh, or GE is another one? You know, these companies that have tons of profit that they're repatriating from overseas.
1: That, what you just told me definitely would affect how I would play earnings. I would still, I would still expect How? the the run up, um, but I would expect IV Crush to be even worse than what it normally is for an earnings call because people people are already expecting higher numbers and people already know that these higher numbers aren't actually Coke making more money. I guess they technically are, but you know what I mean. There, it's not the same as it would be because the U S dollar is weak. I think you could, um, so that would, that would kind of like the expectations would be like, would be high, if that makes sense. But then like people know that the number isn't really reflective of, I guess, reality, I guess they, they sold the same amount of Coke's that they did right. in the previous years, but they got somehow got more money. People know that growth isn't, you know,
0: Organ- real s- sustainable.
1: Yes, exactly. And then I think people will take that into account and they'll be like, well, even though these numbers look good, uh, they're not good and they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. And so that will make your IV crush really hard. So then explain, I would, uh, explain
0: to me again, what, what is Ivy crush?
1: So Ivy crush, re-chat. It's it's like the volatility of basically it's it's like when a bunch of people are anticipating that a stock is going to do really well at an earnings call. And so there's an increased demand for options, like calls in this case, yeah. and that increases the value of these options. Um, once that demand dissipates after earnings, the pri- the demand goes away and then the price of your options goes back down that's what iv crush is